There's a new inmate at the federal prison in Otisville, New York. A 42-year-old convicted Chinese spy named Xu Yanjun. In October 2021, Xu sat across a federal courtroom in Cincinnati from another career spy, a retired CIA officer named Jim Olson, who was testifying for the U.S. government. When I looked at Xu in the court, it crossed my mind. He and I are alike. We both were serving our country, honorably, we thought. We both were schooled in tradecraft. But there's a big difference between the two of us. What's that? You got caught, and I didn't. The story of how Olson and Shu came to face each other is a tale of modern espionage. It's a saga that revealed Shu was just a small piece in what U.S. officials say is a vast enterprise orchestrated from Beijing with one goal in mind. China ultimately wants to surpass the U.S. as the dominant global superpower. In this global shadow war, it can be difficult to tell just who has the upper hand. But the story of Xu Yanjun demonstrates just how this game is played today. And it's a game with millions of American jobs on the line. What's the way for the United States to win this espionage war? We have to be more aggressive. We have to wake up. What torments me is that we haven't caught them all. If catching spies is hard enough, prosecuting them is almost unheard of. In Cincinnati, Ohio, there are two U.S. attorneys who've done it, Tim Mangan and Emily Gladfelter. Their case started in 2017, when a GE aviation engineer, David Zhang, receives a seemingly innocuous message from a university official in Nanjing, China. The GE engineer gets an outreach over LinkedIn. How come he doesn't just delete it and think, oh, this is just spam? What triggers him responding to it? Well, it was an invitation to come speak at a university about his subject matter. So that's prestigious. I think he was flattered. And as it turned out, they were willing to fund the trip and it's paying for a flight back to China. He was able to combine it with seeing his family. The university that invited the engineer focuses on aerospace science. And in 2017, Zhang is working on GE's newest jet engine, the GE-9X, being built for Boeing's 777X. The GE engineer was one of less than 10 people on a team regarding this technology that they were working on. What was it that the Chinese were trying to get here? GE's engine fan blades are made of a composite material, which makes it very light, very strong. That gives it a tremendous advantage over competitors with respect to weight, fuel efficiency, and so forth. Other competitors have tried to develop this on their own, and some are getting close, but as far as engines that are up in the air right now, the only ones with a composite fan blade and a fan blade case are from GE. David Zhang declined our interview request, but prosecutors say that when he visits the university in Nanjing in June 2017, he's being assessed. During his trip, Zhang is introduced to a man who claims to be part of a local science and tech association. The alias he uses is Chu Wei, but it's Zhu Yanjun who works for the Ministry of State Security. It's essentially the main intelligence operation within the Republic of China. Xu Yanjun is a spy at the Ministry of State Security, or MSS. In the spring of 2017, Xu is 36 years old and a mid-level officer in one of its provincial bureaus. He attempts to recruit the GE engineer as an agent using techniques known as tradecraft. 
Jim Olson is a former chief of counterintelligence at the CIA. You have to pretend to be someone else. That's your cover. A decorated spy who was undercover in Paris, Vienna, and Moscow, Olson made the difficult decision to come in from the cold to teach the country's next generation of intelligence officers at the Bush School at Texas A&M University. As the prosecutor's expert witness on tradecraft, Olson says Xu Yanjun's wooing of the GE engineer was textbook. In LinkedIn, you're soliciting responses from prospective employers. And what the Chinese do is they respond. And they do it under the guise of something that is innocent sounding. Would you be available to come to China at our expense to do a guest lecture? It's above board, it's unclassified. All expenses paid. They wine them and dine them. They flatter them. So far, none of that sounds like spying. It's that not sounds spying like yet. networking. It's spying from the Chinese standpoint because they're sizing this person up. They've got designs on that person. They're not satisfied with an unclassified lecture. They want to get their hands on the goods. They want to get into the classified realm, into the trade secret realm. Prosecutors say that while the GE engineer tells his bosses he's going to visit his family, he leaves out one crucial bit, which is against company policy. He went on the trip and didn't tell the bosses that he was going to give this presentation. And that's what initially we were investigating. GE and law enforcement discover the engineer had taken company material to China to help him prepare for the presentation. It was material so sensitive that you need a license to take it out of the country. After the FBI confronts him in GE's offices, the employee begins to cooperate. So what the FBI does is they take control of the operation. They begin to respond as the employee to the emails and the phone calls that are coming in from the Chinese side. And it is a classic double agent operation. The FBI uses the GE engineer to connect with the man he met in China. Xu sitting over in China is encouraged because the communications that are coming back from the FBI posing as the employee are encouraging. So Xu thinks the GE engineer is a spy for China. He's moving in that direction. But he's actually a double agent working for the FBI. That's right. Xu begins testing the boundaries, sending detailed requests to the engineer to see what he'd be willing to fork over. One of the things that Zhu sent to the GE engineer was a shopping list of things that he was looking for. This was a list of things that he obviously had gotten from talking to um, other people in China, companies and government officials. So, so this is the wish list. This is the wish list. So the top version is the Chinese version and then the translation underneath. And so this is the actual ask. He's asking for the types of software programs they're using. He's asking design and structure questions about the composite material for fans and the fan casing. Like, was there a moment where you said, you know, we're over the hump here, we have plenty of evidence, and we're gonna be able to prosecute this case? To me, it was the request for the laptop directory. A laptop directory would list all the files that the engineer had access to, files filled with GE's proprietary information and possibly the secret sauce for its engine blades. He attaches instructions on exactly how. Well, here's he lets how you do it. Do it. Yes. Step one: create a Notepad document. Step two: open it and entering the following content. So he's giving him literally step-by-step -step instructions on how to send him GE information. 
Yeah, and this is the type of document that should make U.S. companies nervous. This is exactly the steps that you go through if you want to copy your company computer and give it to China. China is one of the world's biggest markets for new commercial aircraft, and it's relied on Boeing and Airbus for most of its airplanes. The country has a commercial airplane manufacturer, Comac, but it hasn't exactly done well. The Chinese have, since the late 70s, tried to develop their own aircraft first on their own and then in collaboration with uh, Western companies. Almost all of those have failed. Scott Kennedy of the Center for Strategic and International Studies has been researching China since he was a college student there 35 years ago. The C919, which is supposed to compete with Boeing 737, everything that's in that plane that keeps it in the air is American or European. So explain, if you could, how this Chinese spy, Xu Yanjun, stealing this piece of technology from GE Aviation fit into the larger goal of what China's trying to do. The Chinese have been trying to develop engine technology on their own. There have been people in China who have been looking for alternative means, so to speak, to obtain this technology that they couldn't develop regularly and legitimately. And those are the spies? Yes. Creating their own commercial aircraft is perhaps Xi Jinping's top commercial priority. He has associated himself personally with achieving this mission. The political incentive for anyone in China in this sector is sky high. And it's part of a larger plan called Made in China 2025. Unveiled in 2015 by the Beijing government, it listed 10 high-tech or advanced industries that China wanted to develop fast first to supply their own domestic market, and then the global one. What areas do the Chinese want to dominate? Computers, phones, telecom equipment, new energy vehicles, autonomous vehicles, commercial aircraft, biotech. Their wish list actually looks a lot like our wish list. That's a plan to dominate the global economy. Certainly, uh, the Chinese, I think, believe that if they are not at the top, uh, they're going to be victim to somebody else. But commerce is also part of national power. When China first opened up to the U.S. and the West in the 1970s, the country became the destination for low-cost manufacturing, clothing, toys, and other consumer goods to the benefit of the American shopper's wallet. But as China's economy boomed, its middle class did too. China has started to experience the same transition that all countries eventually experience Wages start to rise and industries start to move. Timothy Heath is a senior international and defense researcher with the RAND Corporation. The current path that China is on is unsustainable. They cannot keep making these low-wage products. They are subsidizing them currently at such a heavy rate that the losses are growing and growing and the debt is growing. If it fails to move up the value-added chain, China will be faced with a massive unemployment problem and its prospects will be very bleak. So if you can't develop it yourself, the strategy in China is go out and steal it or go out and buy it. Correct. And they have directed all elements of uh, state power from the commercial to the academic to the government to the military to do their part in acquiring the technology needed for China to succeed. Senator Mark Warner, a Democrat, and Senator Marco Rubio, a Republican, are the leaders of the Senate Intelligence Committee. They've been briefing U.S. business leaders about the threat from China since 2018. Today, the world we live in, the world we've all benefited from, the world we still benefit from to some extent, was a world framed by an American-led order. Now, 
if they are dominant in these fields in the 21st century, the entire world will be responding to Chinese standards, which is leverage in and of itself uh, over geopolitics, over decisions that policymakers can make, over society. The old notion of 20 years ago what national security was, of who's got the most planes, tanks, ships, and guns, is no longer the case. Who controls these data flows? Who has the most advanced wireless communications? Who controls overhead satellites? Who is going to make the most advances in synthetic biology or controls next generation energy? That is all within the gambit now of national security. And for some, like Xu Yanjun, it may mean taking enormous risks to obtain that tech. The FBI sends Xu a doctored laptop directory through the GE employee. And what did Xu say when he got the document? Things changed pretty dramatically in a few different respects. One, Xu reached out and actually tried to call him on the phone, uh, which he had not done prior to this. Secondly, he was much more interested in meeting again with our GE employee. Xu sitting over there, and he thinks, this is terrific. This is going to be a promotion. This is going to be an intelligence on my coup. Chest. Yeah. I'm going to get the engine blades that we've been looking for for a long time from GE Aviation. So he's excited. He's hungry. So at that moment, the FBI has him sort of on the hook. Yes. And their goal is to get him out of China, because they can't get him in China. We can't China. get him in China. And the FBI sent a message saying, look, it's too busy at work. Things are too crazy. I just can't get back to China right now. They're sending me to Europe to do some work. And that's when you're planting the seed in Shu's head that he needs to come out and, and go to Europe. Yes. And initially, he didn't bite, but when he sent the request for the directory and we sent the directory back, suddenly Europe was on the table for him. There was some negotiation over where the GE engineer would meet with Mr. Zhu and they finally settled on Belgium. At the meet, the engineer is to bring his GE laptop, which Zhu will copy. But when Zhu arrives at the designated location in Brussels, he's arrested along with an associate. In their possession, a phone that had some 200 photos from the GE engineer's social media accounts, including many of his family. Xu is extradited to the United States and put on trial in 2021. What we tried to explain to the jury was, he's not gonna use the word trade secret. When you target the specific guy who works in this technology and you ask him to bring the whole laptop and you plan on copying it and you come with cash and pictures of the guy's family. Yeah, we know what your intent was. You were trying to steal it. And Shu made a critical mistake that helps the prosecutor's case. He used an iCloud account to back up his phones and incredibly kept a diary in the phone's calendar that the prosecutors were ultimately able to access. They learn Shu's having both professional and personal issues. A few weeks before the GE engineer visits, Shu writes that work, relationships, and money are not going in the right direction. And there was one more thing the investigators found. Nobody's even seen this form before. That form there? Yes. He had taken pictures of his cadre application with the Communist Party. Walked through his work history from college into the MSS and all the different jobs that he had with the MSS until he rose to the position of deputy division director. So this is literally the resume of a Chinese spy? That's exactly what it is. Yes. The United States has never captured an MSS agent before, is that right? That's correct. He was not as professional as he could and should have been, particularly when he was exposing himself to that kind of risk. I mean, what does that tell you? It tells me that he was 
so confident that he became reckless. Or was he just a lousy spy? I don't think he was a lousy spy because we believe that his targeting and his development was, was professional. And when the engineer went to China, he did a really good job of winning his confidence and playing him and moving him along in the right path. There was other electronic evidence as well, showing that Xu had targeted employees at Honeywell, Boeing, and Safran, a French aviation company that has a joint venture with GE. While prosecutors didn't allege Xu Yanjun had actually obtained GE's confidential information, he was convicted on four counts of attempted economic espionage and trade secret theft. In November of 2022, he was sentenced to 20 years in federal prison. Xu's attorney declined our interview request. The engineer, David Zhang, who Xu targeted, was fired by GE in early 2018. When asked to comment, China's embassy in Washington, D.C. issued a statement to CNBC saying, the Chinese government has never participated in or supported anyone in any form in stealing commercial secrets. And we welcome U.S. and other foreign companies to access the Chinese market, share development dividends, and work together for a stronger world economy. We reached out to GE Aerospace, Honeywell, Boeing, and other aviation companies. They either did not respond or declined our requests to comment. Are American executives afraid of the Chinese? I don't think they're afraid of them. I wish they were more afraid. Once you enter into a relationship with a Chinese company, once you've established a Chinese market, they will play that. And so you become, unfortunately, in too many cases, more obliging to the Chinese than you should. We're not saying businesses can't do business in China at all, but we are saying you really want to be careful. FBI Director Christopher Wray says there's evidence Chinese spy agencies steal trade secrets with a larger goal in mind. When you look at what China's doing here, is China's goal to compete with American companies or is China's goal here to eliminate American companies? Well, their definition of competing, I think, involves uh, embracing the idea of eliminating. If you're basing what you think American policy should be on the assumption that China's goal is just simply to eliminate competition. I think that's alarmist and it's going to lead you to adopt policies which are actually self-defeating. And I think you can come up with a relatively nuanced, sophisticated, smart strategy that doesn't lead you just simply to say what we need is Fortress America. We are in essentially one of the generational challenges that we've experienced. Are you confident we can win it? Yes. Why? Ultimately, our values, our free market system, I think will prevail, but we, we need to not let our foot off the gas. What's the way for the United States to win this espionage war? We have to wake up. We have to have a partnership between corporate America and U.S. counterintelligence. What torments me, and it should torment every past or current counterintelligence officer in the United States is that we haven't caught them all.